Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Here's the thing, guys. I got a bunch of new coworkers in the uh, studio now. Who apparently really loves broccoli right now. I would love to record <laughs> another episode of Hood Politics, but here's the thing. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Due to my new coworkers, um, I just never got around to asking someone to be a part of the show this time. I'm give y'all a lesson in parenting as to how to learn how to tune that stuff out right now, since we're all working from home. But I do have an episode prepared. Um, I just forgot to ask anyone to be a part of it. Uh, this is very strange and peril times. Um, but if y'all ready to get into it, it'll just be me this time. Um, you guys okay with that? Me and my other coworker. Hood politics, y'all. So, this episode is called Big Dog. Big Dog. What do I mean by the big dog? Well, at this point in a normal episode, what I mean, what is normal? I would have asked my guests what the big dog is and how all that stuff works. Here, I'll drop it in with you. In a lot of gang life, well, maybe not inside of gangs in general, because remember, your host has just lived in a lot of places and lived around this culture for a long time. But, you know, I never gangbanged a day in my life. I'm just from a lot of areas that have had. I don't need to re-adjudicate this. 
But here's the thing. A lot of gang stuff is really just in relation to the other gangs. A lot of times it's it's a pissing contest. Let me just, I don't know how else to say this. And the people that are what, you know, actual gang members will call civilians, we're kind of inconsequential. It's really more like the beef, well, not even the beef, but just the war on perception of who got bigger guns, who can run the hoods better, who can run the streets better. It's a desire to sort of win the allegiance or the hearts of the civilians. That's really just a transactional relationship anyway, because they kind of really don't care. It's just more about their own bravado and authoritarian rule. So they do a lot of things to make sure that their perception of strength and benevolence are widely known by us civilians, ultimately so they can run their illegal economy in relative peace and to secure a whole a neighborhood full of watchful eyes to protect their assets. One of those ways they do that is by leaving bodies on the streets in the mornings, right? Now, granted, this is not the 90s. Like, this, this is a very stylized version of, a very 90s version of what gang activity is. Nowadays, it's much different. Most of that stuff's happening online. Now, I don't want to, like, sort of minimize parts of our countries that are still living in active hot areas but you know it's just it's just not the way it was when i grew up anyway you would leave bodies on the streets and they were signals not even to the neighborhood they were signals to the other gangs just about this is how we handle things but then they would also do things like and i experienced this personally uh when i was living in the san Gabriel valley in la puente or specifically valinda anybody from cali would know that the ice cream truck would pull up and one of the big dogs, you know, or, or your neighborhood like OG would come out and just basically buy the whole truck out for everybody. So all the kids would be able to have ice cream. You know, we would look at this guy like, dang, that's amazing. He got all this money. He could buy us all things. But he was in a lot of ways there was again, it was a war on perception. You were presenting yourself as this benevolent ruler, this protector that. I get to say, no matter what happens, when the police comes, when when this happens, when this happens, when somebody asks for this, when somebody comes around this block looking for him and they shooting and all this stuff, like, I'm going to remember how well he took care of me or this hood took care of me when my bike got stolen, you know, by the dudes a couple blocks over, you know, my La Puente Valinda guys came to take care of me. You know what I'm saying? It's a war on perception. This is no different than politics. We are... In the middle of a global pandemic, but we are in the middle of a war on perception. War on perception. Now, if you guys would allow me to take off the propaganda hat and put on the Mr. Petty hat. Again, those who've been following my career for a while, you know that I, I taught history. I taught ninth grade uh, social science and history for a long time, which is kind of where the whole concept of hood politics came from. How do I make um, geopolitics make sense to people that have no inroads to it? Well, you find an inroad. Anyway. A war on perception is not a new thing. Governments have been doing pissing contests for a long time. And the truth is, you've experienced them 
multiple times. Now, depending on your age, you may have experienced like four or five of them. Let me let me drop in on two of them for you. The first one I would like to say is something that maybe you haven't experienced. If you're an American, you probably haven't seen this. Maybe not on your own soil, but you've seen them on the news. It's a it's a military parade. We, you know, a lot of times when the when when the news flashes to like North Korea and they show the the guys like marching with these big tanks and then Kim Jong. Uh, either whichever Kim Jong you want, because it's been three of them, are standing on some sort of balcony above this parade of people screaming and the guys are marching in lockstep and then it's like tanks and stuff like that just parading down this this downtown area. And it was a funny thing because Trump said he wanted to do one of these pre-Rona. You know, Rona's a, a watershed issue where our life will be if you haven't figured that out yet, pre-corona and post-corona. But some are arguing that there may not be a such thing as a post-corona, just like there's no such thing as post-HIV. Anyway, that would mean it's an endemic, but that's a whole other story. Let me stay on topic here. So the military parade actually serves no real purpose. I mean, what, what are we celebrating? What are you signaling to the community what do you i mean what is what is the point of this i mean and who are you actually talking to is this really for the general public to celebrate the nine trillion dollars you spent on tanks i mean who is this who is this for well if you're following the story it's not for when north korea does a military parade it ain't for north korea it's for the rest of us. You, it's a flex. You're just, you're flexing. And it's historically has been rather effective. The Nazi regimes did it all the time. You know, those those images, you know, the, the black and white images of like dudes goose stepping. And, and again, the same, it's the same motif with like Hitler standing aloft, some sort of balcony looking over of all of this military power and prowess. It's just, you're just, it's a flex. It's it's it was it's geopolitical Instagram before there was such thing as Instagram. You did a military parade. You you're it's your trash talk. And you sell it as though you're talking to your own people, but you're not You're talking to the rest of us, which is why it was so interesting and why there was there was such a visceral effect as to why President Trump wanted to do this because it, it harkened back to this sort of authoritarian kind of way of showing might. Now, some of you might check my history and you say, Prob, we've done parades. Yeah, but we do parades when we come back from wars, right? So the, the famous photo of the guy that grabbed the lady and leaned her over and kissed him after World War II, I believe, you know, the tinker tape parades of our boys coming back home, um, the famous shot of President Bush Jr. on the aircraft carrier uh, with all of the military, or, or not all of it, but a lot of the military, you know, flanked around him as he proclaimed the end of the war in the Middle East, which now seems rather comical. That moment, it's not really for us. It's for everyone else. It's a pissing contest. It's just a war on perception. Now, there's another war on perception that you may not even know really was actually just that. 
in the 1960s, we were in a hurry, an absolute hurry to get to the moon. We know it as the space race, right? There was other things happening during the space race. It was the Cold War. And if you don't know what the Cold War is, it was a time where the idea of a Western liberal democracy and an authoritarian communist regime ultimately was having this idea war as to who could who should be running the nations what concept what ideal should win in the hearts and minds of the people and what will history say is the best way to run a country it was a race to be a superpower and the superpowers if i'm going to make them as simple as possible was the west or the united states and russia all of these different things, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, all these different things were really just ultimately at the end of the day, pissing contests. Who's got the juice? Which one of these people got the juice? Which one of these ideas can show that they can run the nations better? And the space race ultimately, if we're honest, was not about science. Do you think we really cared what's on the moon? What's in space? All we wanted to do was to be able to say we were there first. So when Sputnik got into space, everybody was worried. We were saying we want to continue idea of the American exceptionalist, which is true. It would be rad. It's a, that's a mighty strong flex to say we was first to the moon. And that's what we sold everybody. So we drained all of our monies. <laughs> Black people just got their right to vote. We still think about figuring out what we're going to do in Vietnam, but in the middle of all that, we trying to put somebody on the moon. Gil Scott Heron dropped that song, Whitey on the Moon. Was it about science? No. Was it about beating the Russians? Yes. Was it ultimately about beating the Russians? No. It was ultimately about liberal democracy. It was about the Western way of life and proving that this way of life, Western small government, capitalistic, liberal democracy is the best way to rule the nations. That's what's the point of getting somebody on the moon first. Now, every historian has a different take on this, but I'm trying to explain to you the idea of a war on perception. The argument is which one of us can run the world better. <laughs> Now, having said all that, anyone who's ever been on a playground in any point in elementary school, which now some of our children will have a big gap on that experience, but we all know when you're, we all know when we're witnessing a pissing contest. Um, any, I hate to say it because of how toxic masculinity works, but any young lady who has found themselves the object of affection of two um, male steeds often find themselves in the middle of witnessing a pissing contest. And at some point, ladies, you understand and you know, you know what it is when you see it. When this contest, this, this war for your affection stops being about you and just starts being more about them two dudes proving their prowess. 
any parent has children um, understands that their children often get in just what we would call pissing contests, meaning the argument between the two kids is really more about them being able to stand their ground. I found that my own children oftentimes battle for our affection. And I don't know what I've done to them, what my wife has done to them to make them think they need to do that. But it's something in us that needs to prove that we are the big dog. So you know what it is when you see it. Now, it gets real tricky when we apply it to what's going on in our news now. We are, hopefully, all of you, uh, sheltering in place. Maybe considering uh, when do we get to start, as the government say, open our economy back? When can I start going outside again? I know I would love to have my coworkers go back to their own office. Here's the joke. My coworkers are my children. And that's, that's the joke I'm trying to make. But I would love to see them go back to other places so that I could record politics in peace. But we're all kind of asking that question, you know. Where's our masks? Where's our ventilators? Where's our leaders that are helping us lead the way in flattening the curve? And as a side note on my um, Instagram, I tried to give a little explanation of how exponents work and what we mean when we say flattening the curve. You could go to my Instagram for that. Anyway, that's a side note. But we're all trying to figure out how do we do this? And what's interesting about a virus, which some of you already know, is that uh, borders are made up, so your virus really don't care. It makes no distinction between California and Nevada. The line's made up. It's imaginary. It makes no distinction between France and Germany. So whatever a government says they're doing for their people, it's important to couple that with an understanding of how viruses work. It's not like the Rona saw came to the border and tried to show its passport so it can go to the next place. It just it don't. <laughs> but we're all in a race to see if we could cure this thing and how to sort of protect the people that if you're a nation or a governor that you are put in charge of and responsible for keeping safe. And every nation has responded different as to how to get the messaging out as to a number of things. Um, what we're doing for it, how we're gonna fix it, and whose fault is it in the first place. And if you've been following the American news, it's simple, we blame in China. <laughs> Easy, right? And now China, also if you're following the news, are now having a second wave of coronavirus, and they're blaming um, tourists. It was like, look, we had it under control, and now y'all coming back and bringing it back for us. And we're all trying to figure out how we're going to make sure our messaging comes out clear and that our people understand that their leaders are doing the best they can for them. But what I would like to submit to you is what we're witnessing is a whole bunch of big dogs trying to prove that they more gangster than the other ones. I feel like I know what I'm looking at because ultimately the argument is who got the better system of government? Who can fix this quicker? Who can show they got more power, more authority over an unforeseen virus than the other person. And it's an interesting way that, there, that, that, that countries are responding as to how to control their media. 
if you watching Trump, you understand he just try to bully everybody through and just say only talk about the things I've done well. Right. I mean, that's not new. Russia, however, says, listen, you get five years in prison if you spread false info about the Rona. They locking fools up. It's Bekistan. You get a $10,000 fine. Zimbabwe, you get 20 years for spreading any fake news. Did you hear me? You get 20 years if you spread some fake news about, about the Rona. Turkmenistan, listen, they banned the word of corona from the media. Turkey, you know what they did? They gave their president absolute power. Listen to me. Absolute power. <laughs> India said they wanted all reports all that for the media to always report everything they're going to say. You got to run it through the government first. Now, the Supreme Court shut that down. They was like, nah, you, you listen, you, you going too, you, you doing too much. That's that's you. You can't be doing all that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we're trying. They're trying to control the narrative. That's not necessarily wrong, but control the narrative for who? And none of these laws define what they mean by fake or false news or media about the Rona. Ain't no definition for it. Are we really gonna ride in the streets now? Do you think the people don't actually understand that they? Presidents, they prime ministers can't control a virus. You think I don't know that? You think we all don't know that? No. The race to get this thing covered and get that curve flattened faster than everyone else ain't really about the people. It's a pissing contest. I'm trying to prove to you that our way of life is better. Authoritarian governments, what are they doing? They're acting authoritatively by saying, everybody shut up. You're not allowed to do this. If you talk, you're going to jail. This is what we doing. Everybody stay home. And I'm going to prove to these Western liberal democracies that we can do this better than you. Why is China not telling everybody what's happening right now? I'm trying to prove to y'all that I'm the big dog. It's not about the Rona. It's about my way of life. President of the United States. It ain't about the Rona. It's about my leadership. Aren't you watching the briefs? It ain't about the Rona. It ain't about us. It's about his leadership. I'm trying to prove to y'all and to the world that I'm your guy. Big dog. You got governments re refusing to receive aid from other countries. Boris Johnson rejects Trump's offer to help with the coronavirus stuff. He's like, nah, I don't need your money. Your money got strings attached. Number one. And number two, I got stuff to prove. You got the president talking about they, he cutting funds from the World Health Organization because they not doing this correctly. It's a pissing contest, y'all. They just trying to prove they the bullies on the block. Why would anyone not help anyone? One would think that when the Rona came that all bets were off. But it don't matter because they understand the Rona going to leave at some point. And I need to prove to the rest of the world that I can get to the moon first. Gang bang. Now, we already talked before about gathering uh, the money, securing the bag, and why it was so interesting to see Donald Trump being so serious about this uh, malaria medicine. And, you know, I mean, he's got stake in it. We talked about 
countries being doing their best to get to cure, but then at some point somebody got to patent that cure. We, we, we talked about these things. And of course there's bag securance, but there's also flex rights. Everybody want to flex because at some point the run is going to be done and I need to prove to the world, big dog, this is my block. I do what I want. I got powers and authority over viruses. Now, I don't want to move into conspiracy theory thoughts because that's not really what this pod's about. It's not about those things. It's about understanding what we're looking at. However, it's not like biochemical warfare is not a thing. And if I'm a government, I need to prove that my guns are better than yours. I'm not here to say nobody, COVID-19 was created in a lab or nothing like that again. This pod is not about that space. This pod is about looking at governments and going, oh, y'all just gangbanging. So if I'm a hood and I know that country got guns that look like this and I can prove that your guns ain't effective on me, I feel like I've just proven to you I'm the bully on the block and maybe you shouldn't bring this over here. And everybody in this neighborhood whether civilians or gangbanging, all understand that I got their best interests in mind because I was able to prove. I got some mind control and virus control over y'all. I am the big dog. That's our hood take. A lot of my information has come from, obviously, you're always welcome to check my sources. The main source of this episode came from Al Jazeera News. Uh, There's a number of stories about authoritarian versus liberal democracy. Just scroll through their app or or website and just, it's a ton of stories. I, again, highly suggest that during this time, you take, take the opportunity to look at news sources outside of our country they just it just gives you it's just like you know if you were going to counseling especially like relationship or couples therapy it's good to have someone not in the marriage not in the relationship to talk about the relationship they just got a different vantage point it's not right or wrong it's just a different vantage point so you can have someone show you yourself so that's my suggestion Pull up on the BBC, pull up on Al Jazeera, and it may help you see the point of this whole podcast, which is politics. It's just gangbanging in nice suits. We'll see you next week, and hopefully I will uh, have a better plan. This podcast was recorded in my bedroom while my child was having a great time. Um, it was mixed and mastered by our man, Matt Awasowski. I should take this break to learn his last name. The theme music, I can't even focus right now. The theme music is for, not even for it. The theme music was created by our boy, DJ Sean P. I'll see you next week with a better prepared pod.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.